You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, Episode 3. Now, in today's episode, I know I promised to share an epiphany, and I promise I will. I promise I'll get there. But before I do that, I wanted to talk to you about my why. I feel like this is really important to talk about because it's kind of interesting to really get down to the bare bones and strip back why it is that we do what we do. And I had never really thought about it before recently, but when I thought about the choice that I've made to become a professional event planner and why I was so consumed and obsessed with parties and just wanting to be successful at it and wanting it to be this vehicle for me to not only replace my income, but just a way that I felt so fulfilled. And I I kept thinking, why? Why why am I so dreaming and always thinking about parties? I can't, I just could never get them off my mind. And I realized that when I was a little girl, my mom was an amazing party planner. And it always felt like she never spared expense. We had the most elaborate decorations and the food was so good and there was so much of it. And I remember picking a birthday cake at my 10th birthday party and it had Simba on the cake. And I remember asking for the piece that had Simba's head. Do you know how back in the 90s they would like I'm sure they still do it, but they print those sheets that are graphics, you know, that look exactly like the characters. And I had this Lion King cake that I'd picked out from Costco and there was a bounce house and we were just having the best time. And I remember parties and holidays being exceptionally happy. And an interesting thing about my upbringing is as I got older, I felt very constrained. And the older I got, it seems like the older you get, the more things your parents would allow you to do, right? (laughs) That's what I thought anyway. But growing up in Southern California, um, my parents were very cautious of letting us kids go out into the world. And so I don't really remember ever just getting dropped off at the mall with friends if one of my parents wasn't there. I mean, even up until like 17, 18 years old. Um, Most of the time, the answer for me to go out and hang out with friends was just a no. Um, Most of the time, if I wanted friends to come to the house, if they weren't friends from church, then the answer was no. And so I just felt really limited in what I could do with my time. My curfew, even after 18 years old, was always 10 p.m. And like I said, I know that they had the best intentions, but it just kind of felt like I was being caged and that they didn't trust me. I desired trust so desperately that every job I had or every relationship I was in, I was a total people pleaser. And I thought that if people liked me, then it would equal trust. And so I, you know, I would do and be whatever it took to get that trust so I could do things. And so when I was 18 years old, 
I had the opportunity to move to Utah, which is where I live currently, um, with a friend from church. (laughs) And she was going to beauty school to be an esthetician. And I didn't know what that was. And I told my dad I wanted to go to beauty school. And he didn't know what an esthetician was. So he said, why don't you cut hair? I know that, you know, girls can put themselves through college if they have a cosmetology license. And so I decided I was going to go to cosmetology school. And that was that. Well, a few months before we were going to school, my friend's mom was talking to my dad at church. And she had mentioned that the uh, two of them were planning on coming up, you know, in August so that she could start school in September. And my dad realized that my program, the cosmetology program, actually started six weeks later. And so he was going to have to drive me up. And I was like, oh, no, I can switch. I was so, honestly, I was just so eager to move away and just to be my own person, to be able to call my own shots, um, that I switched a complete career. I mean, it's not, I guess, a complete career shift, but I I shifted career choices just on on a timeline because I was so desperate to just be on my own. And to be able to stay up till midnight or go to the mall without a grown-up. And um, we got in the car and we packed up our bags. And I just remember feeling completely free. And we did that 10 and a half hour drive. And I just couldn't even wait to be my own person and do my own thing. So... I became a master esthetician at 18 years old, um, one month graduated from high school, and I um, I really enjoyed that a lot. I really enjoyed the feeling of helping people feel good about their skin and being able to help them clear acne and give them lash extensions. It was such a rewarding and a very good career if you're a people pleaser personality like me. So here I was, 18 years old. I graduated eight months later and got my aesthetic license. Um, I'm currently still a master esthetician who's licensed. I've just kept that up. And um, yeah, but I I used that to put myself through college. And so my parents had a deal that they were going to pay for one year of schooling. And that's kind of the deal I had made with my dad is one year of college or trade school. And I could use my education to get a better job than waiting tables and and it worked out. And so, I mean, I want to clarify, like I've, I've had some ups and downs with my parents for sure. Um, and I think we're, I'm at a place where I know that they did the best they could. And it's kind of just a difference of opinion, you know? Um, it's kind of funny to hear stories of other kids as teenagers. And I'm almost mortified um, when my husband tells me things like, oh, yeah, my parents used to let us go up into the mountains and do bonfires with girls. I'm like, and where were the parents? He's like, there weren't any parents. We just went and my parents just trusted us. And that concept is so foreign to me um, because, like I said, just all growing up, it was we don't trust you or if not, if we trust you, we don't trust them. You know, we would never forgive ourselves if something happened to you. And again, all with the best intentions. But it's kind of funny how those those things shape us. So I'm going to jump ahead in the story now to me, you know, going to college, meeting my husband, getting married, having my daughter. And I'm in this place again where I was in a corporate job and I was making decent money to get myself the extras in life, you know, those little extra shopping trips here and there, or, you know, the two of us could go on a cruise twice a year or 
just pick up and go to Disneyland when we wanted or buy a new handbag. It just, it was that little financial security blanket that I just loved having. And so I really stressed about money when I committed to being a stay-at-home mom when I had my daughter. And I just kind of thought, you know, what can I do? What can I share? And I, I know I shared this before, but I started my little mom blog, the housewife to hostess.com um, website. And as I've been thinking back on that and like how it's shifted into parties and why I just obsess about parties so much. I mean, I was on Pinterest for like hours a day when it first came out and just really loved putting boards together. And I have so many party supplies currently. Like I love just throwing together a tablescape and having a rainbow of linen tablecloths that I can pull from and different flowers on hand that I just have and different shapes of plates and different styles of goblets and glasses and stemware and flatware. Um, why am I so obsessed with it? And I, I have to think back to those happy childhood memories and that bounce house and that Simba cake. I mean, all of the, all of my birthday parties, we, I didn't have a family where you could choose to have a friend party or this. I mean, every year you got to have a huge family party and a huge friend party. And like I said, those were made me happy. And so when I had my daughter, I, I really loved just planning those parties for her. And I know some people it's very stressful for them. And I think for me, it's a happy thing. It reminds me of a happy time, probably the happiest time in my childhood. And I'm a pretty lucky person. Like I, I know it's very rare to not have gone through any sort of abuse um, physically or sexually. That's, I mean, extremely blessed because uh, and fortunate that that is my circumstance. Um, but I think that being able to give that experience to my daughter was something that I really wanted was to to let her feel the magic of choosing her cake, which is funny because I mean, before you're five years old, what, what choices do you really have? Um, I'm sure as she gets older, it might be hard for me to let go a little bit and to realize that she's choosing her own things and I can be okay with that and take a deep breath that she has her own opinions and her own styles. Right. Um, but the other part of this achievement in the beginning was I really, really wanted to figure out a way to not just have this obsession for parties to be a hobby. I was watching people online making money. I was watching that they were posting that this was sponsored by so-and-so, and I just couldn't stop thinking about how do, how do you do that, you know? And I set a goal. I'm like, I want to make, I want to make as much money as I made hosting events on my own terms as I did managing a salon. That would be so cool. Like that would be awesome. And then I wouldn't have to sacrifice any of the little trips or the extra handbags. Or if I wanted to go shopping, I wouldn't have to, you know, like even have it be a second thought. I could just do that and earn it for myself. Now, if you're like me, I don't, I don't know if you can resonate with this, but if you're like me, do you ever feel like when you get paid to share one of your talents, it just validates that talent so much more? Um, I definitely resonate with people appreciating my work and maybe it's, you know, becoming a master esthetician at 18 and in the service industry, it's not uncommon to make 
tips for doing a good job and a job well done. And so I just feel like as an event planner, it's that same kind of thing. You know, you're putting something together to help somebody feel happy and less stressed and to take that off of them. And I just wanted to figure out how to make money. And so I did figure out how to make money, but it was, it was the challenge of like, how do I make this consistent? And so while I was going through my dance party business, and then after the email incident, I just really struggled with my self-worth, with my value of what I was putting out in the world. I questioned everything, you know, because it, it was so easy to get inspired on Pinterest, but then I would go back and rethink like, oh no, is this too similar? Am I not original? Am I, you know, just redoing what someone else has already done? And I'm not able to put my own spin on anything because everything's already been done. And I just kind of went into this place where I, I kind of only did it if I was in the mood. And that is one of the things that probably hurt my business the most was not being consistent with it and really struggling to find my place and my voice. The epiphany that I had was I was thinking back to when I managed that Aveda salon and I worked there for almost five years as the manager. And when I got there, it was it was quite a mess. The previous manager had stolen from the company and kind of ran away and was like evading the police or something wild like that. And I stepped in and everyone was really distrusting and it wasn't a great culture. And and Aveda is very big on culture and and systems and utilizing tools. And I just implemented what they told me. And that salon that had five chairs in it went from making about two hundred and $50,000 a year, which actually isn't very much if you're in a mall, to doing over a million dollars in two years of me implementing this business. And I was like, wait, I and my team totally did that. Like, if I could do that for a salon, like, why couldn't I figure out a system to make myself at least earn what I made as a salon manager, which was $35,000 a year? And I did the math and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I only need to make, you know, a little less than $3,000 a month and I can do that. And I just did a party for Coca-Cola and they paid me $1,500. So if I could get two gigs consistently a month, I could replace my income and my lifestyle won't have to change at all. And so I devised a slightly evil plan. Just kidding. It wasn't evil at all. I devised a plan to think of different ways to monetize events. And like I said, these dance parties were one revenue stream. Creating content online was another revenue stream. And then being hired out as a professional event planner for private clients was the other. And I would test and, you know, make sure I was going through my checklist of the things I needed to do in growing my business and getting myself organized. And finally, almost five years after starting my blog, I was finally making consistent money. And it was more than what I had made as a salon manager, which was amazing. And I was able to do it raising my baby. And at this time, I only had one, my daughter. And, you know, life was good and I was feeling really good. And, you know, it still was a struggle as an entrepreneur. You are definitely responsible for what you have. It's kind of feast or famine all the time. And, you know, 
as I was throwing dance parties, as I was creating content online and people would give me feedback again, another, another thing people pleasers love is all of those compliments, all of those likes, all those little hearts. It's like, Oh, they love me. They really love me. Right. So there was a lot of, um, I think emotional needs that were being filled by putting myself out there online um, the monetary needs of not having to change my lifestyle and feeling like I could make my own money and also being able to share that happy, the happiest memories of my childhood with my daughter and for all of it to be validated through payment and like, it was like this perfect career choice that had ticked off all the boxes on my list. And I don't think I've ever strung all of that information together and it, and it feels kind of vulnerable to share that openly that that's where I was. But the reason I share is because I know some of you are wondering if you were meant for more than changing diapers. And maybe some of you are wondering if you have what it takes to get paid to do what you love. And maybe you're like me and you're thinking, gosh, I could totally do that. How many of you are listening to this right now, looking at the work I've done, looking at content on Pinterest and online thinking, I could totally do that? I mean, how many of you post a private party or event that you're doing just for fun, for your kids or for whatever occasion, and people are liking it and sharing it, and you hear things all the time like, oh my gosh, you're so talented, I wish you would come and help me with my kids' parties. I mean, if you're hearing things like that all the time, you absolutely have what it takes to monetize that talent and make a little bit of extra money. And in the beginning, it's kind of funny because I remember thinking in the very beginning, if I, if I could only make $500 a month, that would just be game changing for me that I could have, you know, a season pass to the museum with my daughter and, and I paid for it. You know, I have this thing that's so funny is it's, it's not even about how much money we make. It's like, and I almost am embarrassed to say this, but my worth comes from what I produce. And I'm lucky that I live um, in a home where my husband supports my dreams because there were months where I didn't make any money. And if I was responsible for providing for our household, then we we probably would have um, missed some mortgage payments, I'm sure. And so it's just been this perfect incubator for me to practice taking the systems that I learned to turn that Aveda salon into a million dollar salon and implementing them into my own party business to realize that I already had the business skill sets within me the whole time. And I just needed to translate them into the party world so that they worked for me instead of me feeling like I was constantly banging my head against the wall and feeling like, gosh, it's so unfair. Like I'm talented. If someone would just give me the chance, you know, I decided and I determined I'm going to make my own chance. I'm going to make my own destiny. I'm going to make my own reality because no one is going to come and knock on your door and say, I'm here with the check for your next six figure business. And we're, you know, we want you to do this, this, and this. And we just think you're so amazing. It just doesn't happen like that. You guys, it happens when you just wake up and you say, I'm thinking I'm going to do this. And I don't, it's not even that I'm going to do this, like I'm committing to do this. It's that I'm determining that there is no other option, that this will work regardless of how many times I fall flat on my face, 
regardless of how many mean emails are sent or how many people say they'll totally come to my party and don't, or how many people behind your back say that you are completely narcissistic and how much you're posting about the things you're doing is completely self-serving and nobody cares. Um, you, you get to decide between now and dead how you want your life to go. I learned that from Dr. Laura. <laughs> I actually love listening to her podcast. Um, but that's one of the things she says. She says, between now and dead, how do you want to live the rest of your life? And that's the thing is I'm like, it doesn't really matter if somebody else doesn't get it. Just because you don't get it doesn't mean it's not working, right? And so that was probably the first epiphany that I had to recognize that there could be a better way. The problem was I couldn't find anybody in my community or on the internet who was willing to open up about how to do that. So in the next episode, I'm going to share exactly how I did that. And I hope you'll join me. We'll see you then. Yeah.